0: Hi there, welcome to Explain This, a podcast where we try to explain complex things in simpler ways for people of all ages. I'm your host Jin Kim, and today we'll talk about what the trolley problem is, and how it might spell life or death for us in the near future. Let's get started! Most people have heard of the trolley problem in one shape or form whether it was in philosophy class, on an episode of The Good Place, which I highly recommend is a bingeable show, by the way, or in a meme form involving multi-track drifting. But for those who have no idea what I'm talking about, The Trolley Problem is a thought experiment that highlights a very important moral dilemma. It was first described by a British philosopher named Philippa Foote in the 1920s, who taught it in her philosophy classes at Oxford University. Because The Trolley Problem itself is actually quite simple, We'll skip to explaining as if you're a five-year-old bit this week. Okay, ready? Here we go. A runaway trolley, or tram or train if you prefer, is barreling down a railway track. In its path lies five workers who are unaware that they are about to be run over. But lucky for them, you can see the trolley and you happen to be standing right next to a lever that will switch its path down a different railway track. However, the second track is also not empty, it has one worker working on it. So, what do you do? Do you pull the lever to save the five workers at the cost of the one worker, or do you choose not to intervene, letting the five workers die? What's the right thing to do? Go. All right, have you had a chance to think about it? What did you end up choosing? What if you chose, don't fret or beat yourself up too much. There is no correct answer. The problem, like many other philosophical problems, is not meant to be solved, it's to be discussed. That's it. there is the more popular answer. Nine out of ten people would hands down say they would pull the lever, cronk style. This is because most people believe that mathematically speaking, it makes sense to save five people over one person. I mean, that's a net four people saved, right? Given the powers and resources available to us, is it not the right thing to do to maximize the well-being of as many people as possible? Huh, Huh? sounds exactly the kind of concept that would have a fancy philosophical name with ism at the end. Stoicism? Egalitarianism? Kirkadadianism? Oh wait, I got it, it's utilitarianism utilitarianism is the ethics principle that suggests that an act is only right if it maximizes the happiness and welfare of all people involved. So even if one person dies, because pulling the lever maximized the number of lives saved, it is utilitarianistically the right choice. Easy, right? Why are we even listening to an entire podcast episode about such a simple problem? Because the trolley problem isn't as easy as it seems. Let's mix it up a bit. Okay, we're gonna go back to the imaginary land of deadly trolleys. This time, it's the same situation. But wait! The one person on the second track is your own child. Could you possibly sacrifice your own kin to save the lives of five strangers, let alone taking a child's life? You heartless monster! Sorry, I'm just kidding, there's no right answers here. Alright, a kid might be too unfair. Well then, what if it was yourself, Are you so utilitarian that you're okay maximising the life saved, even if you're the one that doesn't make it? Let's take it one step further. This time, you're not next to a lever. You're on top of a bridge overhanging the railway track. You see the trolley hurtling towards the five workers, and your bridge happens to be right in the middle. And in front of you is a, shall we say, a very big-boned person, who is just heavy enough that if you, oops, pushed him off the bridge onto the track... The trolley would stop and the workers would be safe. Not the person you push though, oh no, they'd be real dead. Interestingly, even though about 90% of people replied that they would no doubt hold the lever to save five people, only 10% of people would push the person off the bridge to save the same number of people. That's weird, right? I mean, the math checks out, one person dies, five people live. But of course, there's a huge difference. This time, you directly killed this person, instead of, imagine me doing, finger quotes, letting them die as collateral damage. In the other scenarios, the person sacrificed is someone close to you. Either way, emotions play a huge role in how we make these kind of decisions. No matter how mathematically or philosophically correct the choice seems, if it feels wrong, like, say, actively pushing someone off of a bridge, then we either choose not to do it, or guilt and trauma eat us up for the rest of our lives. Researchers have put people in functional MRIs, where you can see what part of the brain you're using, and asked the subjects variations of the trolley problem. They found that when thinking about the original problem with the lever, people typically use more of their logic and reasoning, while with the variations, the emotional components of the brain fire up and meddle with our rational thinking. Also, like I said before, there is no right answer – our brains HATE grey areas, We often find it difficult to accept that there isn't one right answer. Some people might actually choose to put their own life in danger to save several others. Some people might say, no, I would never pull the lever to kill my friend, even if it would save five lives, while others might be like, eh, I mean, Kevin is a bit of a douche and he did steal my curly fries that one time. Maybe it would be worth sacrificing him to save those workers. Now, we went through a lot of different emotionally charged, stressful simulations in our head, so let's take a quick break to take a breath, and when we come back, we'll take it nice and easy. And oh, wait, there's more scenarios. Never mind. Back to the world of Harry Ethics, we go. We'll see you after the break. And welcome back. Hope you're excited to tackle some more uncanny who would you save scenarios. This time, we're going to explore how different factors might affect our decisions. In our original examples, you didn't know anything about the strangers. How old are they? Where are they from? Are they good people, or are they the kind of people that don't use their indicator lights? Do they have a family? Context matters. You're more likely to want to save an innocent child over a nasty murderer. In surveys of the trolley problem, people were more likely to push men off the bridge compared to women. But can we quantify this? If the five workers were all convicted murderers, and the one person on the second track was a child playing on the railroad, would you pull the lever? What if the five workers were only guilty of misdemeanors like petty theft and the kid was a teenage serial arsonist? What if you're a doctor who could save the lives of five people needing organ transplants by killing one healthy person? How evil does a person have to be before utilitarianism trumps your Hippocratic oath to do no harm, little alone your principles of not straight up murdering anyone? Lastly, consider the ticking bomb problem. A terrorist has planted a nuclear bomb with a timer. The police have captured the terrorist, but he refuses to say where the bomb is hidden. Is it morally justified to torture this terrorist to extract information that could potentially save millions of lives? This problem sounds like something from the plot of The Dark Knight, but it is actually a philosophical justification for torture being legal in many countries. See, what started as a light-hearted... Well, come on, Jin. Imaginary people's lives are on the line. There's nothing funny about the trolley problem. Okay, sorry. A simple problem has ended up being tangled up in a web of ethics, emotions, our sense of justice, and simple maths. This is why we have philosophers and ethicists. Not so they can ask us if we want fries with our burgers, but because life is not a simple yes-or-no problem, but a messy, tangled, intricate web of context. Next, let's find out how the trolley problem is relevant to the real world, from counter-terrorism, to saving lives in hospital, to artificial intelligence, to maximising your own happiness. Now, much like how Schrödinger's cat could teach us about quantum physics and how taking action makes life better, thought experiments can be very useful, no matter how far-fetched they sound. In the case of the trolley problem, we've already identified how the trolley problem explains heroism and why something as horrific as torture could be allowed by the legal system. As said by Spock and Captain Kirk, the needs of the many outweigh the few, or the one. But we've also identified how utilitarianism is not the perfect answer. No sane doctor is going to go out and murder someone just to supply organs to their patients. And no matter how high and mighty we might be when answering theoretical philosophy questions, very few of us would be brave enough to pull the lever to redirect the speeding train to kill ourselves or our friends and family to save some randos. So, the first utility of the trolley problem is that it teaches us that these kind of decisions are tough. And that's okay, that's natural, because it is the human condition to navigate the push and pull between logic and emotions. This is why we listen to explanation podcasts that help us learn different philosophy principles to better navigate the complexities of life. You're welcome. Now, an example of a real-life trolley problem that hits close to home for me is in the world of medicine. When someone becomes critically unwell, we have to consider how far we are willing to go to save a life. That is, other than killing someone for their organs. We've established that is not a cool thing to do. So for example, we might be able to turn the corner just by giving antibiotics and fluids through an IV line. That's pretty basic and non-invasive. But in dire cases, we might need to put you in a chemically-induced coma, shove a breathing tube down your throat, jump up and down on your chest to perform CPR, or crack open your chest or stick massive cannulas in your neck and groin to literally take over your heart and lungs. One of the most important factors to consider is if the patient or their family would want any of those things. But there's another consideration, and that's utilitarianism. We live in a world of scarcity, that is, we have a finite number of resources. Don't worry, there'll be an episode on scarcity someday. This means that we have a limited number of medical staff, ventilators, ICU beds, organs to transplant, and time. So we have to make decisions, in the crudest sense. What is the cost of saving this person's life? Let's say we're treating an 86-year-old woman with end-stage lung cancer who's seriously sick from a viral chest infection. If we were to do whatever it takes, we would intubate her and put her on a ventilator. But there's a high chance that she would die even with these interventions because her body is already weakened by age. Even if she was to survive, the cancer would kill her in a matter of months. It sounds insane that we're even questioning this, right? How could doctors not do everything to treat their patients? I remember when I was explaining this concept to non-medical friends, they are absolutely shocked at the reality of medicine. But at the same time, consider this. Imagine that you have one ventilator left in the ICU because, for example, a pandemic is going on. If this woman is taken to the ICU and a fit and healthy 25-year-old girl is brought to the ED straight after with life-threatening injuries because she was hit by a runaway trolley – oops – We now don't have the resources to give her the best care. Some people might argue that a 25-year-old healthy person has more value to society in the long term than someone who will be passing away in a matter of months due to end-stage cancer that is irreversible. It sounds like a really cruel, heartless decision, but it's a utilitarian decision. Unfortunately, as much as we want to do the most good for the most people, reality is that we have to make really, really hard choices. And sacrifices are made. This is why ethics is a core component of modern medicine, and why hospitals have ethics boards. Well, that's pretty heavy stuff. Let's change topics to something more light. Oh, 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 we're going to talk about more death? Alright, it's time to talk about the future. So you know how Tesla and many other car companies have been developing self-driving cars? I for one am very excited for a world with no traffic, no road rage, and being able to catch up on YouTube and book backlogs and commutes. But imagine this situation. A self-driving car detects a group of five teenagers carelessly crossing the road without looking. If the car continues on its path, it will run over the five people and kill them. But if it swerves, it will take out one person on the sidewalk instead. What does the car do? Ugh, we're back to the trolley problem, aren't we? Just can't escape. But this time, the literal trolley problem has become a real-life issue thanks to technology. This is a problem that engineers and software developers are tackling right now, because how in the world do you teach a machine ethics? The best we can do is rely on a set of rules like utilitarianism. As bad as it sounds, a car that kills one person is technically better than a car that kills five people. But what if that one person is you? What if to avoid killing five people? the car swerves off the road into a bank, exploding into a ball of fire while carrying you. Would you even buy that car? Again, the trolley problem has no answers. However, regardless of that fact, this is an issue that needs to be solved before self-driving cars become commonplace. Not just cars too. Military drones will be automated someday, and we have to figure out how much collateral damage we'd allow a drone to cause to complete its mission. As more of our world becomes automated and ruled by algorithms and AI, the more we have to address that these problems are no longer just thought experiments, but actual real-life problems to solve. Alright, we've talked a lot about death and murder and torture and generally a ton of really depressing stuff, so let's finish on a happier note, and talk about the final thing that the trolley problem teaches us. By now, I'm sure you're beginning to see that utilitarianism is not the perfect solution. It is not always the right answer to uphold the needs of the many above the needs of the few or the one. The perfect example is not far from home. It's you. As you go through life, you learn that people want and need various things from you. They need your help, your money, your advice, your time, your attention. People will ask you for favors. They'll get salty if you choose to spend time with someone else or even taking some me time. You'll be pressurized into following the will of the masses. But at the end of the day, the only person that's going to have your back and look out for your interests is you. The trolley problem is simple until we consider context, but context can also simplify things. When it comes to your own well-being, it is okay to be selfish and prioritize yourself. If you're going through a rough time and don't have the mental energy to listen to your friend's problems, it's okay to say that you are unable to help them. It's okay for you to say no to a friend asking you for a ride to the airport. It's okay to ask your partner if you could have some alone time so you can recharge emotionally. It's okay to not pick up extra shifts, even if your work is desperate and you'd be, quote unquote, letting the team down. It's okay to protect your needs, even if the needs of others seemingly outweigh it. The people who truly love and care about you, they'll understand, while the people criticizing you for not being a team player is probably more motivated by selfish reasons. So don't be afraid to not pull the lever when it comes to taking care of yourself. It's okay. Okay, so what did we learn today? We learned that as easy as Yismo puts it, pulling the lever can be a very hard decision. We learned that mathematics isn't always the best way to decide what is right or wrong. We learned that context can change everything because it's really hard to weigh up human lives. We learned that thought experiments are all fun and games until it gets flippin' real, like with self-driving cars. We learned that the need of the many does not always outweigh the need of the few. And lastly, we learned that it's okay to look out for ourselves and say no sometimes. Now, that's a lot to take away from a simple philosophical musing about a runaway trolley. I hope you found it interesting, useful, or that it adds to your life in some way. At the very least, hope it made you think happy holidays to y'all and i'll see you next week in another episode of explain this explain this was written and hosted by me jen kim if you'd like to suggest a topic or just send a lovely message you can email me at explain at gmail.com or follow me on facebook or twitter we'll see you next time bye for now